Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Welcome to your Hollywood crime scene mini episode. Hello. Hi, Desi. Welcome. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about our top story today. Very sad news. One of my favorite actors died today, Ray Liotta. I know. Very unexpected and sad. Very sad. um, Obviously, I love Goodfellas. A lot of people do. Yeah. That's like a very common favorite movie. One of the best movies ever made. I can watch that movie anytime me too. just if it's on one or two scenes like if that's all the time i have and it's perfectly good like i recently watched the famous scene the the um one take tracking shot the long tracking shot right. through the restaurant it's so good it, it's like <laughs> sometimes i don't get when people are like oh this shot was amazing no that so shot like, is amazing th- but that one you can totally see why Cause it tells a story too. Like just the whole thing is so good. I think what's great about that famous tracking shot is that even people who aren't familiar with like film or like how films made and yeah. wouldn't like me, like myself, like I'm not able to differentiate what certain shots are necessarily. No. Uh, but like, I didn't go to film school. Right. But I can recognize, wow, that is cool. How and they it's did something that. you can watch on its own and it's excellent. I also love um, Something Wild. I think that might be the first movie I saw him in mm-hmm. with Melanie Griffith. It's a Jonathan Demi movie. It's very good. And he plays a classic Ray Liotta character. I also, I thought um, Lorraine Bracco's uh, tweet yeah. memory was so sweet and perfect. Just like a perfect uh, remembrance. Yeah. I thought like, just excellent. She said something along the lines of when people ask her what was her favorite part of working on working on Goodfellas, and she says, "I always say Ray Liotta." That's just so sweet. He he was a he was a sweet guy. I I knew him because he were he he was a client at the salon that I was a receptionist at a long time ago in my early twenties. And whenever he came in, me and the other girl, we would get really excited because we loved Ray Liotta the actor, but he was also just, he was nice to us. I saw a lot of stories online about him being nice. Yeah. Just to like, like a bartender tweeted something where they were like, I, as a joke, asked him what his last name was when he went to pay his tab. And he just said, Leota without like yeah. doing anything. He's like, he didn't like, you don't know me. Like there was no, like, it was just like a regular guy type thing. He was not a snob. No, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, he's just, you could just tell what type of person he was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Very, very sad. sad. Very sad. So, I also, where did I just, oh, he's literally the only good thing, too, in the new Sopranos, like the se- 
prequel movie, which is not great. The Many Saints of Newark. Yes, he's in that. And it was the most exciting part for me. Yeah. Uh, when I heard he was cast in it, I was excited because I was like, yay, this like these two worlds are finally kind of colliding. Right. Uh, and he's he's great in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very and, sad. And Heartbreakers. Yeah. We briefly talked about Heartbreakers. Great movie from the early two thousands. We 2000s. just were talking about that. Yeah, was that on a show or we were talking per- personally? For some reason, we were talking about Jennifer Love Hewitt, <laughs> <laughs> and I said my favorite Jennifer Love Hewitt movie is Heartbreakers, and Ray Liotta's in that, and he's, yeah, he's he's, he's hilarious. so good in it. I also saw a really funny SNL sketch when he hosted in two thousand and three. I think yeah, where he played like a dinosaur on a kids show. Oh, really? Yeah. And it looked very funny. Um, it just looked funny because he's like smoking. And Tina, I'm um, sorry, not Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch is in the sketch and she's a girl who got like boobs over summer. Oh, I remember this sketch. <laughs> and he's like, you can't jump around like that anymore. <laughs> it's just very funny. Okay. So the article I was going to read just went behind a paywall. <laughs> Let me pull up a different one. Stand by. This story is from CNN, but it's definitely in a lot of other places, too. Okay. It's a big story in the true crime world. I've been loosely following this, but it made headlines again today because Nancy Crampton Brophy was found guilty on Wednesday of murdering her husband. Second degree murder, to be exact, in the 2018 death of her husband, Daniel Brophy, who was gunned down at the culinary school where he taught cooking classes. Now, what's particularly interesting about this case is that Nancy Crampton Brophy once wrote a notorious essay titled How to Murder Your Husband. Personally, (laughs) I would not write that essay before I killed my husband. If you write that essay, you can never murder your husband. Right. And if you want to get away with it, you you can't write the essay. That's rule number one of getting away with murdering your husband. Right. Don't write an essay instructing people how. If you're planning on murdering your husband, like, don't cover your bases. Or you hope that the investigators are like, she would never murder her husband (laughs) after writing this, would she? It's too far fetched. Prosecutors argued the couple was struggling with debt. Crampton Brophy's self-published novels. She was also a novelist. She wrote like erotic thrillers. They were not bestsellers. And that his death could have left her with more than $1 million in life insurance policies and other assets. She, For somebody who writes thrillers, she doesn't seem to understand a lot of the tropes in thrillers. This is why they're not good, probably. I mean... At this point, I feel like we should all know you're going to be a suspect if you're the beneficiary of life insurance policy and someone gets killed in a weird way. Right. And a murder or accident or whatever. They told jurors that Crampton Brophy followed her husband to work and shot him with a Glock 9mm handgun. Investigators found two 9mm shell casings at the scene. She had also bought a ghost gun assembly kit that investigators later found at a storage facility. Ghost guns are unregistered, untraceable firearms. She was the only person who had motive to kill her husband. This wasn't working for Nancy. Overstreet said, that's the district attorney, it's 
isn't just about money. It's about li- a lifestyle that Dan couldn't give to her. She, this woman is 71 years old. She took the stand in her own defense and rejected the assertion, saying she was better off financially with her husband alive. She also testified that she couldn't remember all the details from the morning her husband was killed and that her minivan sighting near the culinary school that morning was a mere coincidence. I didn't realize she was that old. Yeah. She's older. She's not a spring chicken. What I can tell you... uh, Okay, so then... Uh, They asked why she had brought a gun and bought a gun and a ghost gun kit. And she said it was part of her research for a new book. Uh, That's always an excuse. Classic excuse. What I can tell you. She's a terrible um, writer, probably. (laughs) Just based on the. She's not very good at coming up with creative excuses. Right. It's. She also said, my stories are about pretty men and strong women, about families that don't always work out and about the joy of finding love and the difficulty of making it stay, she wrote on her website. Her husband's killing was a plot twist that could have been ripped from one of her books. And when she became a suspect, it was a stunning development for a woman who had portrayed life with her husband of almost two decades as anything but wrong. The couple lived in a quiet suburb of Portland where he raised turkeys and chickens, tended to a vegetable garden, and liked to whip up lavish meals for her. What the hell, bitch? This guy sounds like a catch. (laughs) The dream is to have someone cook meals for you. And raise turkeys and chickens. That's so cute. veggie garden. That's like, love it. What's wrong with that? Sounds great. Anyway, you can read more about this story online, but it is a pretty wild story. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to uh, end things like that towards the end of your life. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> like, the, why go to j- prison like I'm that? I'm very curious about this this essay she wrote, How to Murder Your Husband. It was actually a, a published on her blog in 2011. Was it a fiction story? Um, I'm assuming it wasn't instructional. I'm sure it was like a fictional thing, but okay. obviously the news and uh, that's I, what they latched on to. Right. And that's why I latched down to this story. Cause it's like, what are the odds? Right. Yeah. Uh, no, sounds, sounds like a stupid woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Okay. Our next story is a little more friendly. This is from vice dolphins recognized friends. Dolphins recognize friends by tasting their piss, scientists <gasps> said. That is friendly. So <laughs> scientists have determined that dolphins are able to identify who their friends are by the taste of their piss. Do dolphins just go around peeing in each other's mouths? That's what I'm curious. Do they like taste the water? Like, oh, he just pissed in the water. Oh, that's Fred. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Or is it like, hi, what's your name? And then the dolphin pisses <laughs> the mouth. Like, is it an act they do? Or is it just like a scent-oriented taste? Do you know what I mean? Like smelling someone, like tasting them in the water? Like how dogs and cats sniff each other's butts? Yeah. Oh, we Speaking of cats, we have a new cat making noise tonight. We For some reason, Melon is pretty quiet. But Masha is... Uh, Melon seemed she's, a little... She's causing a scene. Masha, no. Melon was a little conked out because it's kind of warm today or warmer. Yeah. So I think he's kind of like, Ugh. He's just chilling today. Okay, back to dolphin piss. 
Scientists put pee, quote, in a little cup at the end of a very long pole to see if they sampled their friend's pee longer than their stranger's pee. Oh, so who is the stranger's and- pee? One of the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> you think one of the scientists was like, well, let's try my who, pee. Did they get a dol- stranger dolphin pee? I think so. Also, how did they get dolphin pee? Right. Because it must be hard in water because it all mixed together. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. Mm -hmm. You know how you can like how the vet will take your cat's pee? Yeah. Do they use a catheter for that? Do they use a catheter for this? I don't even know. Scientists have discovered that bottlenose dolphins can recognize each other through taste, specifically the taste of their urine. Published this week in the journal Science Advances, the paper by researchers at Stephen F. Austin State University, Texas, and University of St. Andrews, Scotland, found that dolphins can identify other individual dolphins just through the taste of their pee. The researchers discovered this. <laughs> you said that like 10 times. That, I'm just... Well, re- but why are they saying that so much in the article? It's I'm, like, okay, just, we get it. I am just reading the article <laughs> from really Vice. It's funny. The researchers discovered this while they were trying to find out more about dolphins' signature whistles, <laughs> the specific calls they developed to refer to themselves. Jason Bruck, one of the study's authors, explained to Motherboard, Dolphins essentially come up with their own name, but researchers didn't know whether these work in the same way as human names. Quote, if I name your best friend, you'll picture them in your head, right? The scientists wanted to know, the scientists wanted to know if dolphins similarly recognize each other's names. They tested this by matching the whistles to a different sense. A human will use the same word to describe something, say a mug, whether they see, hear, or feel it. That's what we are trying to get at, Brooke said. To do this, they needed to match and mismatch the whistle to a different sense as another way of identifying the animal. If another dolphin responded more to the match or the mismatch, it would show that which individual it belonged to. They briefly floated, no pun intended, the idea of waterproofing a high-definition TV screen to explore visual cues. But this would have been very heavy and very expensive. That's where the urine comes in. The scientists recalled anecdotes of dolphins swimming through, quote, excretion plumes. That's piss to you and me. With their mouths open. So they like, so these dolphins are, they've noticed that dolphins are opening their mouths going, ah, swimming through piss. It's like that um, sex line, 1-800-P. P. The extra E. The extra E is for extra P. They right. have their mouth wide open. They love. They want to get every drop. Piss play. <laughs> D- dolphins are a very horny mammal. They are they mammals? Like they are mammals. And I feel like they're one of the horniest mammals. Right. Like there's that. And then those like. And then there's apes. us. Well, us. And but are there those apes that are super horny? What about the apes who were at the zoo doing oral sex that's right see those apes are horny right that's not normal that's not animal for, kingdom that's to go not down for procreation <laughs> no that's for pleasure right so they're very horny dolphins can't smell because they don't have olfact an olfactory bulb so the researchers theorized they must somehow use the taste of urine to gather information about its owner after collecting samples from dolphins in lagoons in bermuda and hawaii 
which had been trained to give urine for health assessments, they put the pee in a little cup at the end of a very long pole and poured it in front of a dolphin while playing the whistle of another dolphin. Researchers measured how long the dolphins sampled the piss, opening their mouths and running their tongue through the water. Jesus. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> and this if is... the dolphins changed their responses, if the responses changed when the pee came from a familiar or unfamiliar dolphin... Dolphins kept their mouths open longer when encountering the urine of an individual that was familiar to them. When the urine sample also matched the correct signature whistle for the dolphin it came from, they hovered around the underwater speaker for longer than when the sound and the pee did not match. <laughs> Stories. Can you imagine this is your science experiment? <laughs> this is like your big thing. Oh, look. They're, they're staying near the speaker longer when the pee matches. <laughs> This is so interesting. <laughs> oh no, he's look at he's really licking his lips now when he's it's his friend's pee. <laughs> it's just so it's amazing. That being said, this is probably the science I would do. Absolutely. This is a story from Newsweek, another animal story. Ooh. A snake bites a man on butt as he sat on toilet playing video game. <gasps> this is like everyone's worst nightmare, right? Where is he? Malaysia. Okay. A man in Malaysia, so don't worry, Desi, there's no snakes in your toilet in Los Angeles. A man in Malaysia was left needing medical treatment after a snake bit him on the backside as he sat on the toilet, he has said. Was it like a porta potty type toilet or? I don't know. Selayang resident Sabri Taz. Tazali, 28, had been sitting on the toilet playing video games on his phone when the snake struck, according to the Malaysian newspaper The Star. Panicking, Tazali stood up to find the snake was holding <gasps> on to one of his buttocks. He yanked the reptile off and rushed to leave the bathroom, smashing the door in the process. Whoa. The Here's... <laughs> the the snake that bit Tizali was not venomous, and he was treated with an anti-tetanus shot. The reptile reportedly a python was taken away. From, python? <laughs> it was a python. <laughs> it was taken away from the property by local fire and rescue department. Tizali shared the story on Twitter last weekend, though the incident happened in March. In a tweet, he posted photos of the aftermath, including one of the snakes, one of the, one of the snake curled up by the toilet bowl. He also. I need to see that picture. Okay, I'll show you. He also photographed the snake being captured by fire and rescue teams. It is not clear what happened to the snake afterward. Tazali told the star he was so shaken from the incident that he avoided using the toilet in his home for around two weeks. So this was in his home. Yeah, I don't blame him. He's instead used the toilet at a local mosque. Oh, I assume that maybe he was at like a beach like bathroom or like some bathroom that had access to outside easily right. or something no, he's in his house he said to be honest i'm still traumatized by the incident he also said that he found fragments of the snake's teeth inside one of his buttocks <gasps> two weeks after the attack oh my gosh this guy latched onto his ass why not why he's <laughs> gonna go for it snakes don't care which he's just Supposes were left there because he pulled the snake hard to get rid of them. Oh. It's not unheard of for snakes to travel up toilets through plumbing. In 2016... Oh, is that true? <laughs> it, that's what Newsweek said. In 2016, Jeff Jacobs, a longtime snake catcher at Queensland Wildlife Solutions in Australia, told the BBC that he gets called out to remove at least four or five snakes from toilets each year. Well, that's Australia. I was going to say, <laughs> they have... 
<laughs> Australia's got wildlife and bugs happening. They got a lot of that stuff it, happening. It's wild in Australia. Absolutely. He said that snakes end up in toilets might have been following the trail of prey. Prey? <laughs> All over the world, rats go down the sewers and the snakes oh, go in there after them. That makes sense. And or, then they can slither right up those pipes. And eat your ass. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Earlier in 2022, a snake catcher in Australia was called to remove a snake that had been seen in an office toilet. Drew Godfrey from the Hervey Bay Snake Catchers Company. Doc- what? <laughs> There's all these different <laughs> snake catcher companies in Australia. He doc- That's how you know. Australia's they got scary. snakes. He documented the catch in a Facebook post and YouTube video. The snake can be seen being removed from the toilet and put into a bag. Thankfully, this doesn't happen very often, he took, told Newsweek at the time. Godfrey speculated that the snake may have gone into the toilet bowl chasing after a frog. Here's the funniest detail to me, that the um, victim of the snake bite... In Malaysia? In Malaysia, told authorities or the snake catcher or the news reporters that he was um, on the toilet playing video games. Like, why, he could have just said he was on the toilet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What? <laughs> Like, right, why did why? he add that detail? I would just be like, I was using the bathroom and the snake bit me on the ass. I wouldn't be like, I was watching a YouTube video. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why would you say you were on the toilet? That's just like an unnecessary detail. I would have saved myself uh, from He's that. He's like, one. I was ready to settle in. <laughs> I was sitting on the toilet. My butt was getting sore. I was there so long. Here's a picture of the snake. It's huge. This is the toilet snake from Malaysia. Oh, damn. Imagine. That's a python? But that's a small python. I mean, it's big. Oh, my God. It's big. That's really big. I would probably drop dead if I saw that in my toilet and on my ass. Like, good for (laughs) that guy had. That's what. See, that's what video games are good for. You're just like, I'll rip that snake off my ass. (laughs) Here he is getting a tetanus shot. Oh, my God. This poor man. I like that you get a tetanus shot for like if you get um, cut on a rusty swing set or if you get <laughs> bit by a python in the ass. Like, Here's the Google translation of his original tweet from Malaysian to English. Two months ago, my tail was bitten by a time snake. The snake came out of the latrine. Luckily, he didn't bite my egg. Is that his balls? I think so. Oh. I mean, that cute. is lucky. That is pretty lucky. Yeah. Because that would be... Um, you, you know, s- snakes swallow eggs whole. <laughs> We've all seen that. We're right. They love it. So you see like your balls in the throat, the little lump. He's, he's chomping those off and swallowing he's gonna them chomp whole. Those easily could chomp the balls out. Off, right. Because that skin is very thin. This is <laughs> scary. Uh, very scary. We have one more story. This is from The Independent. Amish man in horse-drawn cart leads police on low-speed chase. Wow. An Amish man led police on a low-speed chase in a horse-drawn buggy after driving the wrong way down the road in Orwell, Ohio. Now, are the police also on buggies? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, because it's not fair. Like, are they Amish police or? It's not fair if the police are in their police cruisers and he, this guy's trying to escape the police and they're just like low slow like rolling they, next to him come on they, uh, they, jebediah they, stop, <laughs> stop this 
They need to even the playing field. They need to be on a horse too. Yeah. In that's a buggy. I'm curious. Cause this seems like a very it's quick un- chase. It's unfair to the guy trying to get away. Absolutely. Footage shared by the Ashtabula County Sheriff's office shows deputies confronting the driver who had rammed his horse and cart <gasps> into a police cruiser. Damn. The sheriff's office confirmed that they were called to help Orwell police with a reckless operator on May 14th. In further police body cam footage, officers attempted to wake up the drunk driver who had passed out in the buggy. I feel like I've heard stories like this a bunch about um, Amish drunk drivers and their buggies. Wait, what? I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is a reoccurring <laughs> I think theme? it's a problem in the community. Because <laughs> the, um, drunk- they probably think it's fine. It's just a buggy. But then you can still do some damage with these buggies and horses. I mean, less than a car. Yeah. The driver. Oh, this is from another news source from KALB. It's a news station somewhere. The driver identified as 21-year-old Nathan Miller was arrested and treated at the scene for minor injuries. Oh, man. As deputies tried to gain control of the horse, it lunged forward and crashed the buggy. So the... (gasps) The so horse went. They were already chasing this guy after the buggy crashed into the cruiser. I feel like I would love to see video of what this chase entailed. I think there's dash cam footage, but I don't know if there's footage of the actual slow, low speed chase. Yeah, wait, that's what I wait want. Wait a minute. Here's here's a video of this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. My phone's about to die. No, Let's fine. take a quick break. We'll okay. be back. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson, 
I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. This is a spoiler-free zone. We don't do spoilers on this show, but if anybody else watched the mid-season finale of Better Call Saul... A few days ago. Wow. <laughs> Did you watch it? Well, isn't that a spoiler? Wow. <laughs> you know uh, of course I watched it because I knew, look, I know you can't not watch something like that immediately. Right. Because you're going to get spoiled on Twitter. And I don't, I'm someone who doesn't really blame people. I think if you don't want to be spoiled, stay off Twitter. Yeah. Like, I think it's on you to do that. Um, so I Stayed off Twitter until I could watch it, which was not that long. Yeah. I watched it Monday night Me when too. it aired. Yeah. Um, and I was really looking forward to it. I did see like some spoilers along the lines of like, wow. Right. Like that kind of thing, which is fine because I knew it would be a good uh, season finale. <laughs> it's not like I didn't think it would be good. Right. So uh, it is very good though. Yeah. And it is a wow. I, I was, it was the kind of episode where my heart was racing the entire episode, even when something like I just was in anticipation because it just was so tense the whole time. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't say I was, I was in a lot of tension. I was tense the whole time. I wasn't really. I was sweating bullets. I mean, I guess I knew something was going to happen. That's why probably. I was tense. Yeah. And I, it, they, there's definitely two storylines where you're like, something could happen in one of these. Right. Uh, so you didn't really know which one. Yeah. I just think I was very invested in the whole um, episode and what the, you know, this doesn't give anything away, but like what, what Kim and Jimmy were up to. Of course. Like that to me was just kind of like, come on. I was just very frustrated with them as char- as characters, just like what they were doing. I want them to do better. <laughs> do just better. Like, do better, you guys. Um, yeah, I felt like a mom. I was just like, come on, guys. Disappointed in this. <laughs> um, and then obviously the other storyline is like the Gus and the Mike. Yeah. One, they're kind of separate at this point. Well, even though they're always kind of loosely connected. But. I, I would say they've officially merged. Yes, they've I, officially merged now. Uh, I mean, they've always been parallel and connected in some ways. But there's definitely kind of been two storylines going, yes. I think. Yes, during the show, there's mm-hmm. been two storylines. And now they've smashed into each other in a really explosive way. And I think Vince Gilligan was the one who said this, like following this episode, that this event that happened at the end of the episode is like the hinge on which like all this shit's going to happen. Yeah. Like this is the moment. Right. Because I, I don't now, remember well, exactly what he said. Well, now they have something to clean up, so to speak. 
that it's not going to be as easy as it's been. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like this is definitely this is the worlds are colliding. Like once the criminal world seeps into the regular world, that's always where it's very interesting because when they can keep those things separate, it makes life a little easier. But once they mix, that's not good. Here's the problem. I finished an episode of Better Call Saul and then everything else just seems like utter garbage. Like I have nothing else to watch. I'm like, I can't follow that. How do I follow that? I know. Well, I've watched the whole series in the past month. Right. Or whatever. (laughs) Month and a half. Right. So it's definitely like, I think when I (laughs) started the series, it, there was only like four episodes had aired maybe even three of this season of this season. So I caught up to it very fast. And then I had to wait week to week. You're, (sighs) you got to, I mean, that's luxury getting to binge the whole series. Yeah. It almost makes me want to go back and rewatch some stuff Yeah, before, um, when is it coming back July? Yeah. No, I mean, I've literally had to wait week to week for the past six years of my life and it's been torture. Well, that's why it's going to be real torture. <laughs> well, because now it's like we knew there would be another half. Yeah. So now it's like real torture to yeah. wait and like week to week we know it's the end coming. Mm. Even though we all kind of technically know the fates of some of the people. But it's still it's still stressful. Riveting and stressful. Well, so, and there's a lot of stuff we don't know. So great television this week. Great, great television. <clears throat> Other than that, n- nothing that interesting. Still watching Bloodline. I picked. Oh, you're still watching that. Well, I picked it up again last night, late last night. I'm on season two. Oh, you're still on season two. Those that family has gotten themselves into some deep shit. I don't know how they're gonna. (laughs) I don't know how they're gonna get out of it. But I don't think I ever started season two. For some reason, should I watch it? Do you think it's good? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it for sure. Um, I was trying to see what I was watching. I. I watched, oh, I, you know what I watched that was really good is um, Den of Thieves. Oh, you liked it? I did like it. Did you see that? I haven't, but it's Gerard Butler, right? You got to watch it. I think you'll like it. Okay. It's very, it's a it's a um, bank robbery. So it's a heist movie. I don't like heist movies. This one's really good though. Is it? Ice Cube's son is in it. O'Shea Jackson Jr. I like him. Okay. Here's the funny thing. <laughs> when I was looking the movie up, I I thought it said O'Shea Jackson. I thought it was Ice Cube. So for the first like 15, 20 minutes, I was like, he looks so weird. Did they de-age him? I I couldn't figure out what (laughs) was weird. Because first of all, initially, I think he had a mask covering up some of his face because it was like they were doing some kind of crime. And then when he took it off, it's like he looks enough like Ice Cube. He looks just like young Ice Cube. Yeah, but it's like there's something slightly different. And yes. he's obviously much younger. Right. Uh, but Ice Cube still looks kind of youthful. Like it wasn't like it, it was. I definitely knew something was off. And then I was like, oh, it's O'Shea Jackson Jr. You fucking idiot. Like yeah. it was a classic dumb bitch moment. You know who else is in it that I thought was really good is Pablo Schreiber. He's who good. Is li- who's, I didn't know that they were brothers. Yeah. I really had no idea that that was because he's from The Wire and Orange is the New Black. Okay, I never watched that. Um, So I knew him from The Wire. I think he's on the dock season (laughs) when it's like set in the docks. Uh, Yeah, he's hot. Yeah, he's good. Those brothers are hot. What's up with those brothers? It's a hot, talented family. Seriously. So he's like the uh, he's like one of the leads. Yeah. Gerard Butler. He's perfect. He's like. 
he elevates everything he's in. <laughs> he's so good. I can't believe it. He's really good. Like he's just so likable. Um, so yeah, he's perfect in that. He's big, big, me- meaty arms. He does have meaty arms. He's big. He's a big dude. So I have some plans to watch uh, some other ones. There's some movie he is in with Christian Bale where they're like knights or something. I'm going to watch that. also want to watch 300, which I've never seen. Really? <laughs> That's unlike you. You know, I, I'm into these action movies uh, lately just because they're fun to watch late at night. Yeah. And if I fall asleep, I don't really fucking care. Like, it's not whatever. I also watched Mission Impossible, which I never have seen. The first one? Yeah. In the 90s? Yeah, from the 90s, like the late 90s with uh, Tom Cruise and who else is in it? John Voight. <laughs> oh. um, so that was whatever. I mean, that's what that is. We all know what that is. I never saw any of them. I never saw any of them. There's a lot of action movies I haven't seen. Uh, And another one I'm going to try to watch possibly, which I've never seen is Top Gun. Have you seen Top Gun? Here's the thing. I'm very picky about action movies. I, when it's a good action, when it's like, I'm just picky about it. That my, think my favorite subgenre of action movie is definitely the disaster film. Oh yeah. Like I love a Godzilla. I love a volcano. I love the core. I love the core. The core is underrated. The core is good. The core is good. And I like my favorite of them is 2020, 2012. Oh yeah. That one's really good. That one's fucking great. It's like three and a half hours long. It is ridiculous, but that's the kind of action movie I like. I'm not into heist movies and I'm not into spy movies. I don't know what it is, but I find them incredibly not interesting for myself. Really? I'm just not interested in heist or spy movies. I don't care. Uh, well, I like heist movies and I'm, spy I'm, movies, if I, they're good. I mean. I'm in the minority because I know people like them. It's just not my thing. I like a disaster movie. I want to see the earth get fucked up. I want to see crazy shit happen right. like that. I mean, it's a case by case. I don't really have particular things I don't like with I want to see a if monster it's good, it's good. destroy the town, I love, which is why... Um, I like Cloverfield. That's like a horror movie, but I love Cloverfield because... What's the one where it's like they find a Super 8? Did you see that one? I didn't see Super 8. I think it's really good. I never I, saw my it. My memory is that it's good. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those I watched, those were my movies I watched. Obviously, Better Call Saul. Um, I've been just randomly putting things on. I was also started watching six feet under again, but I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like watching it through. Like I'll fall asleep and I just pick up where I left off. Like I don't rewind or something cause I've seen it before. Right. Um, so I'm kind of watching that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too exciting. Oh, I did start listening to sympathy pains. Do you like it? I do like it, but I have to say this is not my favorite style of podcast. Like, Oh, like, I don't, I, I feel like I'm interested in this story, but I don't exactly like the way they are putting it out. Like, like with each structure? episode being a, di- yeah, the structure, it kind of feels disconnected to me. I'd rather hear like a story right. that draws me in. And this seems kind of choppy for me personally. Yeah. I fall out a lot. Uh, and then I have to rewind. So I was like, wait, who is this again? Oh, this is a completely new, different person. Like, yeah, each, I don't know. It's not my favorite style of podcast. It's fine. Each episode is a different person recounting their story with this con artist person. Yeah. I, I feel like I wish I, 
Yeah, I don't know what's why it's not 100% hooking me in for some reason, but I'm thinking maybe it's that format, which I tend to not like as much. Even with like the Murdow one. Oh, I fell off that one quick. I, it's like, it was like too many segments where I couldn't kind of keep everything together or something. I, I don't know. It, it could just be the way my brain works. Yeah. Like very stupidly. No. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I like being drawn in and like, and everything's almost linear and maybe we go back sometimes, but, uh, yeah, some, there's something about this. It's like a little too choppy for me, but it's still interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a good story. I like the story of it. I like the story and I'm always interested in people who have Munchausen or Munchausen adjacent type things. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting to me and it has always been me too. I always have been fascinated by me this. Too. So yeah, that's, that's all I got. What'd you eat? Oh, should we talk about fudgy? Oh, yeah, that's the news of the week. The news of the week <laughs> is that, was that two nights ago? Yeah, I think so. We were working. We had a work night, and we both came to the conclusion that we really wanted ice cream, but we really specifically wanted frozen yogurt, which is a common theme with us, and there just aren't there aren't that many frozen yogurt places in my area. No, there really isn't any. There's like one like hippie place that is like, I'm not going to that place. I'm not going to that place. It's called, it's like, it's not, it's non-dairy. It's yeah. It's non-dairy. And it's like, it's not the kind of frozen yogurt that I'm interested in. Like when I say frozen yogurt, obviously I'm talking about TCBY, (laughs) which don't exist. Well, we were almost going to get soft serve. Yeah. And magpies, which is good. So, I was scrolling through Postmates and I realized that there's a Carvel. (laughs) I've never had Carvel before. I'm a California girl and I don't know how long Carvel has existed in California before, but I didn't have it as a kid growing up. It's, it was like ubiquitous on the East coast. Right. So, so I see Carvel pop up and it's pretty close and like it's ordered within delivery distance. And I say, Desi, I'm going to order a fudgy the whale cake right now. And you can't stop me. Don't try to stop me. I'm going to order a fudgy the whale right now. I was, I was like, Willy Wonka. No, please. No. You, <laughs> you really were. And nothing was going to stop me in that moment. I, I've never had fudgy the whale, but I've always, I've seen pictures of it before. And I can just tell that looks good. Well, I was scared because I had, I had, built, I, you know, pumped it up. You hadn't had it since you were a kid. No, and my memory of it was very good. Right. Because we have discussed ice cream cakes, and we both don't like cake, ice cream cakes. We like like cake, but we don't like... (laughs) Okay. I don't like a traditional ice cream cake, where it's that layer of cake on the bottom, and the cake is always, like, not good... It's like the kind no. of ice cream cake you get at a birthday party when you're a kid. Yeah, I don't. Just, yeah, and kids, kids would go ape shit when the ice cream cake would come out. And every fucking birthday party I went to in the early '90s as a young child had a fucking ice cream cake, and I was the one kid who didn't like ice cream no. cake. And I remember just being devastated. Well, that's why I thought you would like this cake because it's there's no layer of bullshit cake. No, it's just ice cream. And the cake, so to speak, is chocolate crunch, which stays very crunchy 
in the ice cream. And it's around the outside of the cake, so it doesn't get soggy. No, it's in the middle, too. It's in between the layers. Oh, yeah, there is some in between the but layers. But it stays crunchy. It's not that's a, the point. It's not it's cake. It's not cake, but I'm just saying that's their cake layer. Like element. Element, yes. And it has a layer of, like, fudge on the top. The good kind of hot fudge. Like, hot fudge layer. Yeah. And, it's so good. And that fake whipped cream that I like that you get at an ice cream shop. <laughs> is it even fake? Yeah, or does it just taste that fake? That is fake as fuck. Okay. And it's delicious. <laughs> and it's not too much. No. That's the other thing I didn't like about ice cream cakes as a kid. They had, everything was covered with that fake whipped cream frosting. Yeah. Like, and it was just like gross. And this I, had just like little dollops around. Yeah. So it's just enough. You don't have to overwhelm anything. It was very, <laughs> it was very good. We ate three quarters of it. <clears throat> we ate the whole tail at least. We ate more than the tail. <laughs> We have just the head left and it's like not that like we ate the tail and the body, a little body. We ate a little bit of the body, but there's, I mean, it's mostly tail. There's some fudgy in my freezer right now. Yeah. We're going to get, we're going to finish him. I sent a picture of it to Brendan who is working out of state right now. And he goes, is that fudgy? Yeah. Oh my God. Is that fudgy? He knows. He's from Staten Island. I think they have it in L.A. because there's a lot of ex-New Yorkers here. Yeah. And maybe not San Francisco. Yeah. They're like, come on, Carvel, too. It's sort of like, remember how when Dunkin' Donuts came to Los Angeles? Oh, right. Everyone lost it. Yeah. Like all the Boston people. I was never a Dunkin' stan. It's because you're from New York. They have that there. It's really big there, too. I don't like their coffee. Everyone goes apeshit over their coffee. Their donuts are fine, whatever. Like it's wow, Desi, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get emails that you don't like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I do love the logo, like the pink and brown. I do too. I like their old school uniforms. Me too. And I love that clip. Time to make the donuts. Well, that's a that's an iconic commercial. But remember, uh, maybe a year ago, I definitely retweeted it. It was um, some news footage from like 1982 inside a Dunkin' Donuts. Mm, yes, at the counter. Yeah, and it was like this old woman just with a bitter face. And her fur coat sitting at the, the counter, the Dunkin' waitresses, and like the mug. I, I, I'm like, I want those Dunkin' mugs. Yeah. Because they had the logo stamped on them and they were like classic diner mugs. Right. It's a great clip. Yeah. It's just foot. It's not even a commercial. It's just some, no. somebody took a video inside a Dunkin' Donuts. And it has that color of film from New York. It's brown. That's like brownish. Yeah. It just, it's like a perfect uh, clip. It's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> Every frame is a photo like you would hang in your house. I would. <laughs> Me too. Um, so yeah, it was exciting to try yeah. Carvel for the first time. We have to go sometime when we can get like soft serve yeah. with the crunch on it. It's very good. That sounds good. Um, so yeah, no, I was excited. I was relieved that it was still good. It was good. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised because I was worried like what if we take two bites and it's not good and then I have an entire fudgy the whale cake. Yeah. And then what do you do with that? Like, it's too embarrassing to gift someone. (laughs) I was, I was already embarrassed when the guy delivered it to my house. He was like, first of all, he he pulls up to my house and he goes, Rachel, he's yelling on the street. He's yelling on the street, Rachel. And he's holding this fucking ice cream cake. And I'm like, trying to, it was dark. (laughs) It was was humiliating. Yeah. It was humiliating. It's pretty embarrassing. Like I'm sure neighbors, poke their heads he out He probably their was like, I've never gotten this order. 
at 8.45 p.m. Yeah. Tuesday. They, like, see this sad, <laughs> this sad woman coming out of her house and yeah. clutching this ice cream cake from yeah. this guy. And, like, here's my cat meowing. Like, oh, well, that's sad. There she is. There she is, the cat lady. <laughs> Getting ordering her delivery ice cream cake. Her, I guess it's her period again. <laughs> and it was. That's probably why I ordered the fudgy the whale. Yeah, that's why I needed it. An impulse buy. It was a prescription cake. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, that's the most exciting thing I ate this week. Yeah. You too. That I I think so. I don't think I ate anything else that was like remarkable. No. I definitely looked at a lot of like food pictures online this week. Like that, <laughs> okay. just like like because you know because my Instagram like everything that pops up on my Instagram is like food related stuff. Well, now now you get pops up pop ups in your timeline that it's like anything similar to things you've faved or follow. <laughs> so now I get so much food posts and cats. of things I don't follow. Me too, just because, and then I start following them. Yeah, and like oh, you followed them. How about this? It's like, like, sure. Okay, that looks I good. Don't fucking care. That's what Instagram is for. For me, Instagram, for me, like, if you use it right, you don't have to feel bad about yourself on Instagram. You don't have to compare your life to other people. Oh, I don't follow any people, like, that I don't really know. My focus on Instagram is looking at food accounts. I do food. And fat cats. cats. And I like architecture or real estate. Yeah, me too. That can make you feel bad, I guess. It doesn't really make me feel bad. It just makes me want things. I'm like, oh, I like decor ideas too. Yeah. So that's tough. It's good. And I like, like Martha's a good follow. I have a pretty serene Instagram. Me too. Existence. I like it. Twitter, not, not so much. Twitter is Twitter is like evil chaos. Twitter. It's like a really abusive relationship I've been in for 10 years. Sometimes I feel, I feel good though when I'm not on Twitter. I always feel good when yeah, I'm not on Twitter. I fucking sure. hate Twitter. Me too. Can't quit it though. It's like, I need a different place to find my news. I think. Cause that's, oh, def- yeah. that's <laughs> definitely what I use it for. Yeah. Not like, not that I believe people's tweets, but I'm just saying I'll see stories and well, stuff like that. Well, you see it when it breaks. You see yes. stuff when it breaks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got too. We're going to record some other stuff now. We'll see you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.